I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of Mavs.com, who never accepts moral victories. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I never accept moral victories, but that was actually, like, I really, really enjoyed that game. <laughs> that was a fun game. It I, was a I, super fun game. It, it was bummer that we lost, but, like, that loss felt a little bit better. For some reason, it felt a little bit better because Luca went off. Uh, Dennis, you know, had a pretty good game, and it's like, hey, if both of our our two guys are getting, I mean, they both shot the ball eighteen times, uh, Luca and Dennis. I can live with that, okay? I mean, I, I can't. I can live like I feel much you know, like I'm okay after this loss. I'm frustrated because I really wanted that win in overtime. We needed it, uh, but no, I. I what they looked like in the second half, the the young duo. Um, that was that was a fun game, really fun game. It was a fun game, and that's all we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how the the San Antonio Spurs versus the Dallas Mavericks game. They lost one hundred and thirteen to one hundred and eight. It went into overtime. There was a lot of good stuff, and so we're going to break that down. Uh, the fourth quarter in overtime. We'll talk about Luka Doncic's third quarter wake up, where he just you know completely. <laughs> came alive and scored 14 of his 31 points in the third quarter and then third quarter where he actually got the ball <laughs> where he actually yeah. forkin got the ball and then we'll talk about um west we'll talk about west matthews a little bit because he was a factor in this game and i oh, have a theory he was a factor for sure i have a theory about west matthews oh, i can't wait to hear this theory i, I went back and i watched every, i've watched today i've watched every single one of west's shot attempts the season this whole season so far. Bless your soul. Today I went back and watched them again because I watched them the first time when I watched the games. But I'll, I'm, I'll working on a video about it. I'm working on a video breakdown about Wes and why everyone is hating on Wes. And so I went back and watched all the shot attempts. And I have a theory. So we'll get to that. Uh, that's I'm what we're getting to thoroughly today. looking forward to this. <laughs> Isaac. Man, that was super fun. Uh, just love the, the energy. Love the... Um, like they just didn't have it. In the, it seemed like in the first half, the Mavericks just didn't have it. Uh, the first quarter, eighteen points in the first quarter from the whole team. Twenty for San Antonio was you know this low scoring affair again. Second night, you know, second night of a back to back, you kind of expect that, but they just did that again at home against Utah. Had a really low scoring first quarter. And I then, want to preface really fun, uh, fun second half, like right, like fun second. First half sucked, and it sucked that we lost, but just. And I wouldn't even say everybody was fun. I would say fun uh, Luca and Dennis and half HB performance. Fun where it mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun where it mattered. For sure. Yeah, so then at halftime, Dallas was down 45-53. First half was, I don't know, it was very it seemed clunky. It didn't seem like they were getting into their offense very much. There was a couple good ball movement moments, but um, there just really wasn't a ton to – 
get super excited about. Uh, it looked like I mean, West, what a, it looked like Wes was going to do his thing again. Uh, he had seven shot attempts in the in the you know in the first half. Dennis had a, a a decent first half, but yeah, it just looked like another one of those games. And the turnovers were just killing them. They had eleven turnovers in the first half. Turnovers in like defense to an extent, but like. Uh, San Antonio had 53 points in the first ha- in the first half, and they only attempted three three pointers. <laughs> three. And, it was uh, so weird at the beginning of the game. I noted this that uh, the Mavericks were taking only mid range shots. Eventually, they started taking more threes and and more stuff at the basket, but they were only taking mid range shots. And I was like, the Spurs are already rubbing off on them. Like they're doing exactly the same thing that this team does. It's like Spider Man Spurs- is the opponent. <laughs> And they, they and then the Mavericks walk up and they just point at the other one and like ha ha we're just gonna mimic you yeah they like morphed the, into the into the into Spider Man at that point <laughs> yeah it was very weird but yeah um, defense you know it's it's still an issue of just them figuring it out but I mean turnovers was the stat of the game I mean you you can't do anything um, productive when you have uh, twenty two I think it was twenty two total turnovers yeah eleven in the first eleven in the uh, second half. Uh, a lot or of them some were just of them in overtime, I guess. But some of them were just bad decisions. I mean, just straight bad decisions, not um, like just dumb plays, but just bad decisions on that. It was just a kind of a slower start. But Harrison, Harrison still has his rust, and we might talk about him on the off day pod, maybe tomorrow or something. Maybe we'll talk about his first three games or something. But um, it just took you know it's taken him some time. But that first half. Uh, he he just looked like he was forcing some stuff and forcing some shots and still trying to adjust to this new system that he has not been playing these past two years in Dallas. <laughs> he was like, "What system? Let me just let me just take this mid range yeah. jumper and drive and ha- have only me touch the ball." Uh, yeah, he was two of six in the first half, five points. He was a minus seven. Um, only three boards, two, uh, one of three from three, and then his this set he had an, a great second half. I mean, he was hitting some really tough. He was still kind of doing his ISO thing, but he was hitting the you know the tough shots that you want him to to hit. Yeah, in the second half, uh, there was a stretch there for like two or three possessions in a row. Um, he's driving the ball seems so much uh, more this year. Which I mean, that's their thing: either threes or shots in the paint. Like that's their. Uh, thing right now, but like, I mean, well, he's I driving. Can't, can't take my mid range thing. Like, you gotta get closer or farther away. I can't do my elbow jumpers anymore. <laughs> um, I like my elbow jumpers. <laughs> I really like them, but I might have to step out now. But it's funny because yeah, he's like one of the smartest guys on the team. We're making him sound. Uh, no, nah, he is. He's brilliant. <laughs> I'm like, well spoken. Um, and we're like, <laughs> take but no, like, out. you kind of saw. Um, I think tonight you saw a glimpse of what uh, this future what this team could look like at its peak yeah. you saw a small glimpse of it and uh you didn't see the glimpse very long because i, I we'll talk about the second half and more of the decision making of who gets the ball um luka Doncic should never sit in the corner there should never be any scenario in which he is sitting in the corner just chilling there let alone a two-man game between Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan while Dennis and Luca and Harrison watch how on God's green earth does that I just don't I, I Here's but the, anyway Luca had four shot attempts in the first half let me give you the the time signatures for when um Luca got his his shots first quarter with eight minutes and 11 seconds left first quarter with five minutes and 49 seconds left 
Second quarter with one minute and 29 seconds left. Second quarter with 32 seconds left. Three. He had four shot attempts the whole first half. That, that should not happen. Ever. Yeah. I mean, it's really simple. Unless we he said has like this. 10 assists, you know? Yeah. I mean, we said it's going to the season, and it's pretty self-explanatory as far as people, like how you feel about the Mavs. The Mavericks' season and success rides on the shoulders of Luka Doncic. Yes. Like, he is, um, he's their best playmaker. He's their... He's their best, best scorer. Best player? <laughs> uh, I think you still lean towards DeAndre Jordan, but um, either way, I mean, it's just... I just don't, I just don't, I don't get end of games of why they just don't go to that, that Luca DeAndre high pick and roll and let him make a decision. There's, there, there is a central spot on, in that circle, <laughs> free throw line. Like that is the play in the, and when it comes crunch time, you get the ball to Luka Doncic, get him in a high pick and roll and let him get to the free, like. Not to the actual like shooting free throws, but let him get to the circle where the free throw line is and say, make a decision. Either shoot the floater, get to the rim, pass it to somebody. Like, we're already there. We're seven games into the season, and that's your go-to play. It should be your go-to play, in my opinion. Obviously, Rick Carlin knows way more than I do, but that's, in my opinion, that's what it, like, it, but anyway, let's keep on going. Let's keep going, and when we come back, we'll get into more of the fourth quarter and overtime when the Mavericks took control of the game and when Luka Doncic went off in the third. All right, Isaac, let's start with Luka in the third. I mean, he he came out Ooh. of he came out of halftime alive. Like just a different player. <laughs> like a completely different player almost. He was first half he was timid, he was letting other people take the ball and um, I think he, he showed some frustration, I think, at the end of the, the first half. And he comes out, he hits two threes early, goes on a 6-0 run by himself. <laughs> you know, the Spurs didn't score. They call a timeout. And uh, that that there's a, that moment <laughs> in the third, it felt like that was the first time this season I felt like Luca was saying, putting his foot down, saying, I'm the alpha. Like, the, like. Give like well, you can talk about that clip, but like, <laughs> I like I'm the man. Like I, I I need this responsibility. I'm a rookie, but I'm your best player, and I you know let me prove that. Let me carry you. Yeah, there is a clip that's that's floating around right now on, on Twitter on all different kinds of places. I think I tweeted it out, but not with that specific quote. That uh, Luca hits a three. And he's going down the back on defense, and he looks down and he he kind of mumbles to himself, "Give me the forking ball," but he doesn't say forking, <laughs> like like good play style. He says it like the actual word, and uh, yeah, he's he, he was like, "Give me the ball," I have and absolutely man, no issues with that. And man, they did, and he had scored fourteen points in that third quarter, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, he looked like. There's not many like DeMar DeRozan was their guy and Luka Doncic was our guy and they said like like we're seven games in and he's a he's 19 years old and <laughs> that that's his like spot and he held his ground like he had 22 against Kawhi the other night he had 31 tonight you know I know we had overtime but it's just Rick answered some questions about it after the game, and he was like, well, we just kind of whoever uh, goes with the hot hand. You know, Dennis had a hot hand you know, you know, the other night, and, you know, Luca did tonight, so going with that. And I'm like, bro, mm-mm. Like, it should just be Luca. Like, 
Yeah. There's a there's a difference in there's a difference in approach when you take that approach with what Carlisle said and you ride the hot hand. You know, like if you're on a rec basketball team, <laughs> you ride the hot hand because you yeah. don't know who's the best player. If you know who the best player is, like the Cavaliers with LeBron weren't like riding the hot hand. They're like, let's ride LeBron until something good happens, <laughs> you know, because eventually it will. Because we talk about, you know, the probabilities of, of a player's production. You know, we call some players 100% players. Those are guys that bring it every single night. They're 50-50 players that bring it every other night. And if you're just riding the hot hand on, on a whole team, that means you think you have like 50-50 players, 25 players, you know, these guys that bring it a fourth of the time. And you're waiting to see which one of those is going to hit. You know, you're, you're just waiting to see who's going to have it tonight. And the Warriors can do that. <laughs> you know, the Warriors did that last night. Clay Thompson had like 52 points in 26 minutes. <laughs> they yeah. can just they can just do that and see who has the hot hand because eventually one of them will for sure. But when you have a team with a, a for sure best player, you ride that guy and you ride that guy until they get hot. Cause they always do. And they always will. These are like your Lillards. These are your, um, I guess Russell Westbrook could be in there. Your James Harden, you know, you guys like that. And, and Luca has the tools to do that. I don't know if he's that just yet, but he's kind of showing it, <laughs> but that's what like on this team, like that's what they have to maximize. They have to go to that. The how Cleveland used LeBron, how, and it's not saying that, hey, like, uh, Lucas supporting cast right now is the same as, you know, Cleveland early LeBron days. It's not that. Like, this is, it's a better supporting cast, but when he makes the best decisions for you on the court, and, like, you have, I mean, you just got to put the ball in his hands. Like, in crunch time, I hear the arguments from people and very smart people saying, well, you can't just give it the ball, give the ball to Luka every single time and ask him to shoot every single time. That's unrealistic. I, I totally get that. But when the, when it matters and when the like when the game's on the line, they're, like, in the fourth quarter and you're going down to these last possessions, Luka should never be just sitting in the corner. Like, we don't have, and this is not a knock of Dennis or, or Wes or DeAndre or Harrison, we don't have another, like, like, like star like there's not it's not it's not a KD Steph type, type of thing it's not a Harden Chris Paul type of thing where he said okay well it makes sense like it kind of made sense when Dennis went for that shot at the end and he got fouled and stuff because Dennis has been feeling himself like he's he's been balling out these past two games and he I want to talk about him more in a second but like I know a lot of fans probably sat back and said why didn't Luka Doncic get that ball and why didn't he, why didn't Dennis come down and throw it to Luca and let him run a pick and roll? And yeah, I would have preferred Luca, but I kind of understood it because Dennis uh, had that hot hand some. But it's just they just got to figure out. It's kind of what we talked about going into the season. Who's going to get the ball towards the end of the games? Is it going to be Harrison Barnes when he's fully integrated back in the system? Is it going to be whoever the hot hand is? Like Rick Carlisle said, if Wes Matthews has hit five threes in a game, is he going to get the ball in the last possession? I think Twitter would uh, engulf in flames. <laughs> it would just take itself out. <laughs> it would tweet itself to death. Just Twitter would. Um, all right. Well, I do. How I do wonder how Luca feels on the inside at nineteen, coming from Real Madrid, and to where like I I know like when Sergio Lowell went down for Real Madrid and he tore his ACL, and they put Luca in this like point playmaking type position and said hey like you are our our main guy now like you go get us this thing and he won mvp won euro cup like all that stuff how much of a difference is is 
to go from that when you're 19 and you are the best player in Europe at 19 at the highest stage. Yeah, in the this, He's the LeBron of the league. <laughs> and then you come to Dallas and then like there are possessions, like meaningful possessions to where you're just sitting in the corner. Or you're on the wing and stuff. And you see that frustration. That's why I actually love it. That clip that people are sharing and stuff. Jason Gallagher from The Ringer. I know he tweeted out too. Like, And it's like, he's saying, give me the ball. Like, I did this. Like, I, I know how to get buckets. I know how to make these decisions and find the open guy and all this stuff. Like, I, I know that. I can do this. And he's saying, give me the ball at 19. Uh, I love that, man. I, I really – I saw that video. I was like, man, sign me up. I love that he has that because he, he's really soft-spoken and stuff. But when he wants the ball, like the best, the greats, they want the ball. And I say this about Dennis. I love that he wants the shot too. And he, he wanted that shot, the big shot a few games ago. I forgot what team it was off the top of my head. But like the two was game. Like, and I love that he wanted he wanted that shot. And yeah, he missed the second free throw, but he you know, it was a decent shot. So anyway. Hats off to Dennis Smith Jr. though. I mean, we he's played I th- I in my opinion, I think he's played two great back to back games. And his confidence in his shot seems like it's so much better right now. He took a step back shot. I, I tweeted it. It was it was tough. I mean, it was it was not just tough. It was tough. And I think if, how much was time was left? It was like a minute thirty six left. I think he jumped two feet backwards <laughs> with this like <laughs> this away shot. And uh, man, it was. So he he feels it in those in those tough moments and those those clutch moments. Uh, he only went one of six, other than that one three that he hit. <laughs> but uh, but nine of eighteen for the rest of his shots, which is a good sign. That means he was eight of twelve on you know two point shots, which is good, which is awesome. You know that's what you want to see. You want to see him getting to the basket, and he was doing that. Um, we yeah. still saw a, a couple times, and we see this from from Dennis and Luca. They drive into the paint. And uh, try to kick out to somebody, and no, they didn't have a plan or didn't see anybody while they were going in, and so they just kind of throw it away. Luca had that um, towards the end of the game, and uh, and kind of that that play was 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 pretty big. He just drove in and kicked out, and it got stolen. And that mid range shot right there in the paint and around the paint in like the short corner and stuff like that. That shot is there all day, every day. And that's why we've been saying for so long, if like if Dennis can master that touch and get in there and, and master the floater and master those you know, little step back shots that are from like ten feet and he's you know fading back and stuff, these little Chris Paul type of shots where you get in, you kind of hop around, get into the paint, but you do these like kind of fadeaway you know shots from like 10, 15 out, and he's 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 made them the past few games. But now I tweeted this out about Luca. How pretty is Luca Doncic's floater, man? I know, like. His his silky smooth I that's that term I just love to describe him his silky smooth presence in the paint where he, he just has that soft floater I know he hit at least three tonight maybe even more it could have been more than three um, players it seems so it seems so much like an easy shot to a lot of people into where like you see a little floater like that and you're like oh it's an NBA player he should make that. I cannot stress to you how many NBA players try to master that type of touch in the paint throughout their career. 
I mean, when you look at people from like a John Wall or what, I mean, somebody's going to come at me with some advanced John Wall floater stat right now. But no, like, not, not our listeners. <laughs> not Austin's. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just like there's so many players that just try to. I mean, you even look at Dennis right now in year two. I mean, he just, you know, he's in year two of being in the league. And we had a week of shows where we talked about Dennis's floater game, I felt like last year. Yeah, and he's still, you know, trying his best at trying to get that down. And it's just Luca. Luke, where Luca's at right now at 19 years old is, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's what we, I know we're like, we're like super all praising right now and we lost, but he even had that like base on play where he got double teamed. Yes. And I forgot when it was in the second half, but they came with the, and, and he like there's a didn't minute, There's a minute left in the, in overtime. He had a cross court pass to Harrison Barnes and, and then Barnes drove and hit a, hit his shot over LaMarcus Aldridge. Like the fact that he didn't stay in the double, and a lot of players would just stay in the double and then just like look around. He put uh, he had a. That's what Wes Matthews did on, on a different play. The exact same thing. Wes got doubled. He stayed in the double and couldn't get out of it. And lost the ball. And lost um, the ball. But no, Luca dribble, dribbles out of it some, and it turns around just in. in just surveys the floor and knows where Harrison Barnes is wide open full you know, cross court pass uh, over his head. And it's just another one of those simple plays. But if you really look at the uh, dig into just the IQ of a play like that for somebody his age and as a rookie, it, you just don't see that very often. So super, super encouraging signs as far as a start. I mean, it's six games into the season. Um, I mean, yes. As a Mavs fan, you wish we had a better record uh, than two and four, and but I mean, yes, you can say you you wish you know there could always be a better start. I mean, Luca could be dropping thirty five a game, and you say that's a better start. But I don't think any any Mavs fan or any Luca Doncic fan can say they're disappointed right now with how he's playing. Like no. he is, and they should. Yeah, I mean, besides his turnovers, he's playing very very well. All right, when we come back, let's debunk the Mavericks record a little bit, and then I'll give my theory about Wes Matthews that hopefully won't go won't go too long. Oh, I'm ready. We'll see. Oh, we got plenty of time. All right, Isaac. So the Mavericks record, I kind of want to debunk it a little bit because you know they're two and five right now after the Spurs game, and in all five of their losses, they've been in it fairly late. Uh, the Toronto game was kind of the only game where they weren't very close towards the end, but in the Toronto game with 10 minutes and 34 seconds left in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks were only down 89 to 94. So they were down five minutes with 10 and a half minutes. They were down five points with 10 and a half minutes left. So, I mean, they had a chance if they could have taken, you know, a couple plays go their, their way. They take a lead. They hold on to it for the, you know, the end of the fourth, you know, they're, they're not getting blown out the entire fourth quarter, you know, yeah, in that game. But the rest of them uh, in the Phoenix game, they were down four. They were down uh, five points with less than five minutes left. In the Atlanta game, they were down five points with seven seconds left. <laughs> in, in the uh, Utah game, they were down 101 to uh, 108, so the seven points with two minutes and 40 seconds left. And then in this game, went overtime. They had, they had a chance late. So all five of their losses, they've at least been in the game. They haven't been totally blown out. They've had a chance where they could have you know, taken a lead or had a lead even. Um, so these this is... Man, broken record from last year. It just kind of keeps going. The Mavericks clutch game record. Um, they have to figure out who their who their closer is going to be. And Dennis has tried to be the closer in two games. Wes has tried to been try to be the closer in a couple games. It drives us nuts. Um, 
I'm not sure. How, we, we've seen Luca kind of try to be a closer. And then uh, Harrison Barnes is now back. So maybe he's gonna, you know going to try to do some things you know to close the games. And he's talked about the Mavericks clutch record openly and how he wants to improve that this year and all that stuff. So uh, it's the same thing again. But now the reason why I think this year is going to be different is because Luca should, you know, like we said at the, begin- the top of this show, Lucas should fill into that role. Lucas should should you know slide right in and fit exactly right into where that role is, and he should be the one controlling the ball, you know, at the end of these games like this. And that's what's going to help the Mavs clutch record. And that's what that's how they're going to win these games when the Mavericks try to figure that out. I don't even think Luca has to figure anything out. It's not, I don't no. even think it's his growth. The Mavericks no. just have to figure out how to get him the ball. Yep. In you know in these moments and in these games, he's got. I I am the biggest uh, Harrison Barnes fan, and I said all summer long he is going to be the closer. He led the team in score last year. He, you get him the ball, like that's going to be his thing. I have completely reversed course on that. I'm seven <laughs> games into the season, and I love Harrison, but I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to be frustrated when I watch my TV, and it is a tight game, tie game at the you know final two minutes of the fourth, and they have Lucas sitting in the corner, and they're isoing out for Harrison. I and I'm not saying it won't work. I'm just saying, I believe the most efficient play, and Lucas should be the crunch time go-to guy. He is already that for the Mavericks, in my opinion. You get him the ball, run the high pick and roll. I can't say this enough. With DeAndre Jordan, get him into the paint and let him make the decision. I'm not saying he has to take the shot. Just put him in that LeBron type of role to where you trust him enough to make the right decision and find the guy, whether it's an oop, whether it's an open uh, Harrison Barnes, whatever it is. And the key to that is what happens to Dennis Smith Jr. Is he just a cutter? Can yeah. you, you know, when you have Wes and Harrison on the wings and DeAndre rolling, can, you know, Dennis do enough to where his defender doesn't close the lane? But anyway, give me your theory on Wes Matthews. Yeah, the, the Dennis Smith Jr. conversation is a much bigger conversation because he's, he's sliding down the down the totem pole a little bit. And he, but, he, but he's playing re- very, very, very well. And these past two games, he's playing really well. But I would say, I will say this: the the way they're playing together is definitely a bigger conversation. Um, I, there were some media people we were talking about after the game against Utah about how, and it's what Nick and I have talked about on the pod, how they're not technically playing off of each other. No. It's like they're taking turns. They had a how few. Long, they had a few plays few, like yes. that in this game. They did have a couple where I was like, "Oh, they're sharing the ball. They're going back and forth. That's a good sign." I think maybe it's comfort, more comfortability than it yeah. Is. is it comfort, age, just like filling each other out, or is it Jealousy. hey, they just can't because of uh, like a skill or something like that? And that's that stuff will iron itself out over time. Completely agree, and and that's what that's what we're excited to talk about. You know, as yeah. this, you know, this season plays out, and this next couple years plays out. I mean, the Mavericks picked up Dennis Smith Jr.'s team option, so he's he's you know on the books. Luca's gonna be on the books for at least the next what four years, three years, forever, three years guaranteed. So, all right, um, here's my West Matthews theory, and I'll give it to you kind of quickly, and then we'll. Uh, We'll talk about it more on tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show will probably be a little longer. We'll probably do a, uh, we'll do a live stream audio, and then we'll do like a, a bre- abbreviated podcast. <laughs> we'll probably do that tomorrow. Um, we're we're planning on doing a live stream tomorrow. The West West Matthews does good things on a basketball court. West Matthews does some bad things on a basketball court. I think the no good, I think the bad things that Wes Matthews does on a basketball court look so much bigger 
than the good things that he does. The good things are sort of overlooked. You don't really think about them. The bad things are blown out of proportion and talked about so much. Well, I don't think they're blown out of proportion. It's the ten. It's the ten percent of what he does. Now the ten percent can matter a little bit more, but I think there's ten percent of what West does, and this changes if he's not a good defender anymore. Because I still kind of think he's a good defender. He's just getting destroyed by some really really good offensive players that are destroying the league right now. DeRozan, yeah, is, you know, Kent Bazemore is killing it. <laughs> he wasn't on Kent Bazemore the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep on going. Zach I think was, Mavs Zach Mavs allowed three. DeRozan. Four 30-point scores this year, Zach Levine, Booker, Bazemore, and uh, DeRozan. I mean, think about three of, three of those guys are DeRozan, who's an all-NBA guy, Booker, who's probably one of the best scorers in the NBA right now, and Levine, who's just on a tear. He was with Michael Jordan for the most 30-point games to start a, <laughs> a Bulls season. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> He's as good as Michael Jordan in those, in those first five games. Proceed with your 10% of West. So I think that the, the 10% of what West does – is is bad <laughs> and they're wild and 90 percent's good they look no no, no t- the 90 percent are okay but there's this 10 percent that are it's really 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 bad there's these wild drives that you know he goes in without a plan and, and throws his hands up in the air and, and wants to try to get bailed out with a with a foul and the 10 percent is coming in the worst times <laughs> he's just do he's doing these things in the worst time possible so they they seem bigger and appear bigger he just needs to cut down on that 10%. And if he can cut down on that 10%, he becomes a totally different player. If he can just eradicate that 10%. Because I think most of that, that the 10% of his game that I'm talking about did not happen in the Spurs game. I think it's a much higher percentage than 10%. All right, you, 25%. I, I, just, I would just 20%? like to know what goes what goes into that 90%. Like, tying a shoe? <laughs> Motivation to teammates? No. I went through and watched all like of his on the court stuff. I, I like, went through and watched what, all of his shots. His post ups have been fine. They mostly have turned. It's what, into, but they it's like what we've into, talked about though with his post ups. Are they? Is that what you want to do when you have the other guys on the court? They didn't they run a, a post up for Moise Matthews in this in the fourth quarter tonight. Mm. I'm pretty sure they did. And that's it. If not that, I do. I mean, the the play that the play for the, sure is when the, he did the, play, the like the play that you're thinking of is when West po- tried to pose and call for it himself, and then he got doubled, and then he tried to pass out of it, and it got and there was a turnover, and that is the ten percent. That's part of the ten percent he needs. There was to one cut time down. where he's posting and DeRozan at the very end, and DeRozan just went over and just grabbed it from him. Like picked his pocket, then came down, and scored on him. That was the one he tried to post on DeRozan. He's he's turned DeRozan like overshot it. He was out of bounds, and then he then West was like, "Ooh, I get to dribble against Lamarcus Aldridge." And then DeRozan came in and stole it from him. I just think that's all still part of the ten percent. But he still had he still had some some decent defensive possessions tonight. I mean, obviously DeRozan, if he's gonna hit those turnaround fadeaway shots, he's gonna hit those over pretty much anybody without a seven foot wingspan. Um, I just think he should be PJ Tucker. Like, he should be Houston's version of PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker's we're a bro- not out there we're a broken running record with this. I know, but he's like, there's, but that's the role. Like, that's the, like, and I want to say, like, Maxie's leaning towards that. Like, these past two games, and I talked to him, I, uh, whatever, I talked to him for a little bit after the Jazz game, and we talked about, like, his game and stuff. These past two games, if you notice, Maxie's shooting percentages went down. Like, and, 
Like, he's missing some shots and stuff. And I think he's doing too much. Like, he's starting to fall into, like, old Dwight Powell to where, like, tonight, he drove the lane and tried to, like, jump up in the air and do, like, yeah. a Luka pass. And he threw it away. He's shooting some threes, like, kind of, like, off balance, different stuff. There is a role. And when players get out of the role, that's when you start seeing these, these inconsistencies and stuff. But I, I, I see what you're saying with Wes. I just think the percentage is higher. I don't think that the the negative contributions that Wes is causing right now is just 10%. I think it's a little higher. I do think it gets overblown some because, like, when he, he made, like, three left-handed floaters tonight. Yes. In, like, in the paint. Nobody's making gifts of them or tweeting them out. But when he, like, turns it over, people's, like, throwing a fit about it. Now, I do get that. Like, you know, I do get that. But it's just, yeah. It, it's just, it, when it comes to fourth quarter specifically – or even when you have, and it's not just like one player. If we just had like Luca on the floor, or like just Dennis, or something like that. But when Luca and Dennis are on the floor, and Harrison Barnes, and you're still like running post ups or a two man game between him and DeAndre, and so yeah. But you made a point the other day of saying how do, how much do we know of this that this is Wes or is it Rick Carlisle? Yeah, how much and, is he calling? We him? don't know that. We 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 do not know that. We don't. If Rick know. calls to play, they got to do it. So all right, let's end on um, let's end on this from Bobby Carlisle on Twitter. Through seven games, Luka Doncic is averaging twenty point four points, six point four rebounds, and exactly four assists per game. The complete list of rookies all time to average 26 and 4 before turning 21 years old, which Luka Doncic is 19, is empty because he's never done it before, because it's never been done before. That stat wow. line has never been done before, and I wish I had doubled down on Luka is going to lead the Mavericks in scoring this year. Oh no, no, no. I mean, I think I'll even out a little bit. But, I, I uh. wish I would have done that because it's starting to look that way. And uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, the downloads will be better after this game than after normal losses because they're they almost get cut in half. <laughs> Have you guys check out after the maps lose, and we do not. There's like still them. there's still thousands of y'all to listen to after losses, <laughs> but there are uh, plenty of more thousands of people who listen after wins. <laughs> Uh, it's like people get depressed, and like, I don't want to hear about Wesley Matthews shots and like all this stuff. <laughs> and let me just say this real quick before we leave. The fiery Isaac thing, it's very weird for me. It's like KD and, and like Durantula and how he didn't like the nickname. I'm not an angry dude. I'm not <laughs> like, I'm such a chill guy. It just happened to be that first night after that Suns game that I was like, we recorded right after. I was mad because I had all these expectations. And I like vented on a podcast, which is like going to the grocery when you're hungry. And then it became a thing to where it's like people like really jumped on. It's like, oh my gosh, fiery Isaac. And I'm like, this is so weird because I'm not like an angry dude. And now it's like people like want that. And I'm not going to have it all the time, but it's going to happen. All right, guys. We're Nick Angstead and Fiery Isaac. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Out of here, you Laker lover. Peace out. Boom.